You are a part of the lucky 10,000 with your host, Evan. A stubborn guy, but brilliant, highly intelligent, eccentric, quite true. But the image of his being some kind of a dumbbell is, is absolutely wrong. Guys, this is Evan with the Lucky 10,000, the podcast that gets you luckier than being the one guy that left the expedition that never came down from the mountains. And you'll understand that in just a minute. But first, we want to thank Podbean and Stitcher for hosting us. Also, the Tangent Bound Network for having us on. If you would like to get in touch with us, it's Lucky10,000 at Gmail and our Twitter is lucky underscore 10k and our facebook group page lucky 10,000 depending on when you're hearing this the podcast network bearded pods network featuring us teddy and the Bassman, and the bearded ones comedy podcast is down at the moment and i think we're working on fixing that so if you try to go there sorry for the inconvenience but uh you can still go to the podbean page of those other podcasts bearded ones comedy podcast teddy and the Bassman, and Today is a very special episode because one of the reasons I was excited about doing this format is that I was really hoping that people would bring things to the table that were – I wanted a good mix of the big things, the Jack the Rippers, the Amelia Earharts, the Black Dahlias that a lot of people had heard of. But I was also hoping that some people would bring things to the table that were a good mix of what everyone's heard of and things that nobody has heard of. And today happens to be one of those special episodes where I had never heard of this issue before, of this mystery, before the guest on today's show brought it up. So we'll get to what that mystery is in a second. I'm sure you're able to guess by the title of the episode, but I would like to introduce good friend and amazing physical actor is what I would say if it were true. <laughs> Carter Allen. How you doing, Carter? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. And by the way, I was obviously being facetious. You are all of those things. Oh, come on. And uh, also, Flatterer. have a great Jufro. That's right. At the moment, <laughs> yes. It's very humid, so my hair has poofed. So Carter is one of the other resident actors at the Greenville Little Theater, and we've been friends now for like a year and a half, something like that. This, is my, this is my third year. Oh, so third. Yeah, so two and a half years. Oh, yeah. look at that. And uh, Carter's the guy. He's from Iowa. He's an actor. That's uh, right. Dan Singer, he does it all, but can't, he can't tie my shoes though. Can't do it. <laughs> well, I can't. I obviously can't either. <laughs> I actually had to have someone in the group force me to let her tie my shoes correctly. So there's that. But um, Carter, when I approached him, because I knew he would be fun to talk to, because he's actually been on an episode of the Bearded Ones before, and we had a really good time on that. But when I asked if he knew of any unsolved mysteries, he introduced something to me that I had never heard of before. So, Carter, obviously it's already the title of the episode, but tell the public what we're going to be talking about and tell the public how you came to – how this mystery came to be in your wheel, in your in your realm, let's just say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, – today's mystery is the Dietlov Pass, uh, what happened at the Dietlov Pass. Right. Um, it's got a lot of Russian words in it. I'm yeah. going to mispronounce it. Oh, we are both going to suck them. at that. And, and I'm going to try my best. I No disrespect to the dead. Right. But we may mispronounce some names. Sure. No, we will. We will. We will. Mispronounce some names. But I first heard about this. I think it was just a BuzzFeed list mm -hmm. of just interesting or strange happenings in the world. I forgot what the name of the list was. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading the small section about it and just – it stuck with me. Yeah. So when you mentioned this, I, I had to go back and find the article because I was right. like, oh, what was that thing that I read about that was so strange? Yeah. And, you know, when, it, when we decided to do this, I read more into it than I already had. And it just got weirder and weirder as I kept reading. Yeah. And generally speaking, we'll, we'll get into details in a little mm -hmm. bit because if I say to you, Jack the Ripper, mm -hmm. even though it helps with any discussion to get into the, the, the history and the basics and everything, most people know what mm -hmm. went on in that scenario. What we're talking about that I had no idea about before Carter brought this to my attention is back in 1959, mm -hmm. there was a group of Russian hikers 
that uh, went up a certain mountain and never came down. And when they when the search parties found them, the circumstances were extremely strange and have and there hasn't been a concrete answer given for what exactly happened to them. So we're going to be bouncing back and forth with some of our facts and things like that. We both have a lot of notes. But Carter, I would like to let you start. And first of all, uh, who were the hikers? What were they doing? When did it happen? When did everything start? Yeah, abs- yep. Um, so, in January, on January 27th, 1959, 10 hikers mm-hmm. uh, who were all students at uh, the Ural Polytechnical Institute. Yes. Um, they all decided to go on this recreational hike, really, mm-hmm. and this mountain climbing expedition. Um, a lot of them had previous mountain ex- exploring and yeah they weren't first timers no no they were all experienced and they had a tour guide uh or a guide his name was um igor dietlov yes and the reason originally when i heard dietlov pass Mm -hmm. i thought oh that's the name of the pass yeah and that had been the name of the pass but it's named after their guide yeah after the guide who who led them i don't know if he's the one to name him after he's the one who got him off course but, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure why, but <laughs> the you fucked up pass yeah, would yeah. be better. Either way, they um their goal was to climb a mountain, which was uh, I'm going to butcher the name of this, but <laughs> Otorton. Yes, that's what I have. Yes, and uh they were they were going to climb this mountain, and they had done everything right. They had safety check ins. They mm-hmm. were going to be radioing in. And they missed all of the radio checks. Right. And we can actually get to that and we'll we'll go through more detail. But uh, But you want to hear about the – I would love to know their names for one thing because I wrote some of their names down and it's going to be important later because Mm -hmm. when the bodies start – and, you know, spoilers, they died. (laughs) When the bodies start turning up, it's going to be important. So we have, like as I said, the leader, um, Igor Dyatlov. Uh He was 23 years old. Um, Then we had Yuri Doroshenko who was 21 years old. Okay. Um, then there was another Yuri, but he went by Georgie. Okay. Krivonyshenko? Krivonyshenko? We're going to call him Georgie. He was 23. Hey, Georgie. Hey, Georgie. Um, Alexander- Isn't that the name of the little brother in It? Yeah, Georgie. Come and get your boat, Georgie. (laughs) And then there was Alexander Kolvatov. He was 24. Uh, then there was, uh, Rustem Slobodin. He was 23. Nikolai Thurbo-Brigolis, who was 23. Um, then there was Semyon Zolotaryov. That's a You're tough doing one. well, Carter. I'm trying You're my doing best. Well. <laughs> now, he was a little interested. We'll talk about him a little bit yeah. later, too. He's the one who interests me the most, I think, out of okay. all of them. He was 38 years old. Oh, The rest of them were in their 20s. I didn't know their ages. And he has been maybe misidentified. Really? They're not sure what's going on with him. Okay, he's, that's interesting. He's a mystery. Facts that I did not know. And then there were two women, and they were um, Lyudmila Dubinina. Okay. And then uh, Zineda Kolmogorova. Okay. And they were all who were there. And then there was one more who is an interesting fellow. His name mm. was Yuri Yudin. Yes. He was 21. We call him Mr. Lucky Pants. Mr. Lucky Pants, <laughs> Yuri Yudin. Yes, because they were about to embark on this hike. They'd been up there for a couple of days, just getting all their stuff ready mm-hmm. to actually go up the mountain. And day right one of before, travel. It was day one of travel. Day one of travel. So the morning they were supposed to embark, mm-hmm. he came down with a, a, a flu, a stomach bug, something. And he had a, he had a leg injury as well. Oh, okay. Was flaring I didn't up. know that. Um, and it was, so they left on January 27th on the 28th. He got, he got one night in. Yeah. And, and he, he bailed. He had to, he had to turn back. He could not make it. And there are, I watched a documentary and maybe we'll even put a link to it in the episode mm-hmm. description because one of the things I think that's fascinating about mysteries like this is there's, there's sort of a time frame in history where it's so far out of our realm of 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 understanding because we weren't alive yeah but also when emily and i were talking about amelia Earhart, for example there's supposedly for the people that believe that she was kidnapped by the japanese there's this old grainy black and white picture with someone a group of people and right in the middle of that group of people there's a woman who appears to be looking over her shoulder almost kind of at the camera and people think that was her okay but there's something about a grainy black and white 
picture, even something as innocent as that, mm-hmm. that is just so creepy. Yeah. And this documentary, this YouTube documentary has all the pictures because they were documenting yeah. the whole thing. That's one of the craziest things about this that we have. They took a camera. Yeah. They took notes. They were students. They were they were in, Yeah. They were absolutely so, studious about it. Yeah. Up until the event. Yes. We have pictures. We have their writings about what was going on. Yeah. We know, but yet we still don't know what happened. Because everything stops. Everything just and stops. And when you see these pictures of the Yuri guy that had mm-hmm. to leave, you know, everybody's hugging him. And then you see the They seem to be having a ball. Oh, yeah. They all up until that other. one thing. Yes. Um, as they kept going, we'll say, we'll, we'll, we'll go a little bit farther. Yes. Um, on January 31st, mm-hmm. they reached kind of the bottom of where they had to de- had to really start using their climbing skills. Yeah, I have that. They were in the east shoulder mm-hmm. of the mountain Klutsiakul, which is uh, means dead mountain. Yes, which dead is mountain. fucking creepy in itself. Yeah, super creepy. And they cached some food supplies. Yes, they left some of their food supplies there for their trip back. Right. Um, because they couldn't carry all of it right. up the mountain. Um. And just about then, the blizzards started to happen. There was some really bad weather. It was true whiteout conditions. And they were supposed to be going north. Mm-hmm. They ended up going about a mile the wrong direction. Yeah, I think it was west is what I yeah. saw. When they figured it out, they were a mile off course. Yeah, which is, it doesn't sound like that much. But if you're in the mountains and, in a and it's storm. blizzarding and you're going up. Yes. That's tough. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. So, yeah, they got off course and the Dyatlov guy uh, realized it at some point. So they decided to make camp and he was supposed to radio in on February. They knew it was going to take a while. Mm-hmm. What I have from the documentary is there was a point where he was supposed to radio in, I think on the, I want to say the 12th, maybe. I believe so. But the first is where they got, where they got messed right. up. Right. But the situation was that it didn't raise any red flags when mm-hmm. he didn't radio in because the people that were waiting for his signal to see if everything was okay were used to people not making their deadline because it's very difficult to predict yeah. what's going to happen. And, and most of the time, so in, in most situations, like if you're on a ship or something, especially at, at sea, when it's time for you to radio in, if you don't, people are automatically, let's go find these guys. In this case, no one panicked. Mm-hmm. No one even thought anything about it. We just haven't heard from him yet. Eh, I'm sure we will. Yeah. And that didn't come. Yes. It ne- they never got the message. And Yuri Yudin was stayed, stayed back. Yeah. He was going to ride back with them to town or he was staying back in town. Because they were in, like, the northernmost town mm-hmm. they could get to. They rode a train and then a truck to get okay. to this town. Um, so he stayed there. Um, but on February 1st, they camped. Right. Now, there's a lot of speculation as to why Yuri uh, – no, no, Igor, sorry, mm-hmm. did not go down the mountain a little bit because there was a wooded area nearby. Oh, okay. That would have – Gave them a little bit more cover. Yes. The theory from uh, Yuri Yudin, who was talking about it, they asked mm-hmm. him about it. He said, you know, they probably didn't want to lose their ground because sure. they were they would have to go downhill for that. Sure. Um, also, they were experienced. They thought, hey, we know how to camp on the side of a mountain. We right. know how to do this. And there you go. And there you go. That could have been the decision that maybe mm-hmm. doomed them all. I don't know. It's impossible to say because uh, when family and friends started saying, hey, guys, we haven't heard from them. I, y- you got to start looking. They, The army was called in. Uh, police were called in. Helicopters, everything. And this massive search of the mountain started. And they found – and this is where things start to get weird because if it was just a tragedy – where people died in the mountains, that's one thing. You know, there are bodies still on Everest that mm-hmm. people use as markers because people die doing things like this. Mm-hmm. But the circumstances of when these bodies were finally located, that's when shit gets weird. Yeah. So the first bodies were found. Uh, the two that they were, I'm sure you have all this information. Yes, the first, the first bodies found were Yuri Doroshenko. Uh-huh. And Georgie. Yes, and they were found right outside their tent. 
the everything was covered in snow, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, they determined that the tent was ripped open from the inside, and the bodies were uh, in. Is it, are these the guys that were in their underwear? These are the these guys made it down t- towards the woods. Okay, these guys they found towards the woods. Um, these were the guys next to the tree. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and they were in their underwear. Yeah, and they did not have their shoes on. Right. Now, from the tracks that they found, mm-hmm. they had walked from the tent down to that spot mm-hmm. without their boots on. Right. They had done this barefoot. And I don't know if you have this, mm-hmm. but I have this. Uh, the tree is important. Mm-hmm. They were found next to yep. the cedar tree. And when those tree was investigated, they found pieces of skin on the tree. And branches were broken mm-hmm. about, I think, like five meters up, they said. So these guys ripped themselves out of their tent, somehow lost their clothes, mm-hmm. trudging through the snow in their bare feet, and then for whatever reason, tried to climb this tree. Maybe. 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 Yeah, that's a good point. And what no one knows exactly what happened, but somehow their skin got on that tree as if they were trying to climb it and mm-hmm. fell off or hurt themselves or something. So this is the first indication that something horrible went mm-hmm. down. This isn't just a, a freak accident. This is something weird and something that people were not expecting, especially people that were as experienced as they were. Absolutely. Soon after that, that same day, they they very quickly also found um, Igor Dyatov. They found Zineda Kolmogorova. Uh-huh. And they found Rustam Slobodin. They found they found those guys. Yes. And they were also in different levels of undress. Mm-hmm. And they were heading back towards the tent, it looked mm-hmm. like. So they were a little bit in a different area, mm-hmm. but they were they were on their way back to the tent. Mm-hmm. And they also found in the vicinity what looked like the remains of what someone had started to try and make a fire. Yes. Yeah. So obviously this group of five mm-hmm. – This is all speculation, Mm -hmm. but it seems as if they might have set out as a group together. The Mm -hmm. two hung back for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. The three carried on, decided to make camp, and then at that point, no one knows. I think it was determined that those three died from hypothermia. Yes. And now what state of dress were they in? Do you have that? Um, they They were in different stages of undress. Is what I read. Right. They um, they weren't all in their underwear like the other two mm-hmm. were, but they were missing mittens or they mm-hmm. were missing coats. And this stuff something. is important because this feeds into what we'll get into later mm-hmm. with the theories of what may have happened. Yes. So none of these bodies really made sense. Right. For the way that they – the way that they were experienced, the tent had been ripped open and right. caved in and it, it looked panicked yes. and all this stuff. All their stuff was left in the tent. Mm-hmm. They didn't take supplies. No. Um, And now you've got the five. Where are the other four? Where are the other four? And that's a mystery in itself. And it didn't – they didn't find them quickly. It took four months. Yeah. It took four months and on May 4th. They finally found. May the fourth be with you. Yes, may the but fourth be with you. But not with these people, not unfortunately. With these, these poor people. The final four people who are uh, Semyon Zolotaryov. Awful, awful <laughs> pronunciation. We'll <laughs> call him Semyon. The, the we'll call him Semi. The 38 year old. Yeah. The weird guy. Yeah. And the, we'll talk I, about I him. I can't wait to get to this part because this part I know I know nothing about. Yes. So the guy. Um, Nikolai Thurbobrigolis. Nikolai Trauchesky. So we'll go. It's Semyon Nikolai. It's Alexander. And it's Ludmila. Okay. The other, the other nice. woman. It's the four of them. Yes. And they were found. About um, a kilometer away, right? Mm-hmm, Something n- along those lines. Near a ravine. And partially covered in snow. Right. Which makes sense. <laughs> yes. Um, now, these four were in a very different state. Yes. Some of them were wearing some of the clothes that the others were missing. Right. Which, you know, at first, mm-hmm. seems logical. Yep. Maybe the other people died first and mm-hmm. they said, hey, we need the warmth. To- I, w- I would completely understand mm-hmm. that. Yes. Now, what happened... As they kept going, though, was a little odd. Yes. These people didn't die from hypothermia. Right. Um, specifically, 
Nikolai Serbobrigoles and uh, Ludmilla. Mm-hmm. Those two in particular. All of them had chest. They had been beaten o- over the chest. Yes. At least they had chest. Had Their chests had been caved in. Yes. And Nikolai had major skull damage. Right. To the point where one of the people who performed autopsies on them mm-hmm. said the force with which this person was hit had to have been an automobile. Right. Going at full speed. And that's insane. That's insane. And Because no one could have done that physically. No, it could not. Especially at that level of exhaustion that they must have mm-hmm. been at. Yeah. If violence cropped up, if they started to go nuts. Even just a normal human being. Right. You couldn't have done that to another human being. No. So he either – there was a ravine. Mm-hmm. There is the possibility that he fell. Mm-hmm. Sure. But – the fact that they all have severe injuries. Severe injuries. It's a little funny. And Ludmilla yeah. is the other one that's really that was really messed up. Now, right. Ludmilla um was found face down in a stream. Right. So they're thinking some of what happened to her face mm-hmm. has to do with that and how the water was running over sure. it. Sure. So her eyes were gone, pretty yeah. much. Her lips were gone. Yeah. Uh and her tongue was gone. Yes. A lot of the skin on her face, but her tongue. Yeah, that's weird. Was missing. That's weird. They don't know where that tongue is. Right. Um, and that's kind of where the investigation stopped. Right. Because mm-hmm. so it taken months mm-hmm. to find all the bodies. And at this point, again, it all goes back to it, Anyone that is an experienced in anything in the wilderness knows there are risks. Mm-hmm. And the more you do things, the more you can prepare for them. The fact that these people – and wasn't there something else about how it looked like they started to build some sort of fire or some sort of camp yeah. in that ravine as well? I, I didn't read that, but that, there, yeah, I think I there was some evidence of yeah. them starting to build something under the ice and snow so that they could maybe uh, survive there. Yeah. But the fact that – these people who have all this experience seem to have died in such a panic. Something unusual had to have happened. Yes. And the fact that there are no survivors, we'll probably never know. No. But there are certain things that have really, you know, when something like this happens, there's always that element of we have to fill in the blanks ourselves. Mm-hmm. And this is where we start getting into – and this is something – that that first hit me with uh, Amelia Earhart, but I've I've noticed in this is going to be the fourth episode I've recorded so far. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take much at all for people to go straight to aliens, yep, or ghosts. Now mm-hmm. we can talk about that. We can talk about yep. those theories. However, I'm gonna tell you right now, I think that's complete bullshit. However. Yes. It are, they are theories that have been put forth, yep. so we got to entertain them a little bit. I, I would like to go from least plausible to most plausible. Okay. There were people that said that on the night that these people were supposedly stuck in these mountains, mm-hmm. they saw lights in the sky. Orange lights. Orange lights. And that – I'll talk about that one later because right. I have something for that. Great. I think but I yes. do too. Um, but the other things that lead to the more fantastical is stuff like – their clothes mm-hmm. had radiation on them. Yeah, they they were exceedingly radioactive. Yes. And as far as I can tell, no one's been able to, in really any of the theories, been able to sufficiently explain right. exactly how they got that radioactive. Right. That's weird. It's very strange. One of them had uh, – uh, his hair was white mm-hmm. and his skin was orange. Yes. Which is very strange. Now, who was that? Do you remember who that one was? Um, I believe that was Nikolai, the guy who had his skull damaged. Okay. I believe that was him, um, although I'm not sure. Right. I do know that there was a a quote from a, a young guy who ended up becoming a – kind of a park ranger in mm-hmm. that area, a historian of that area. He was 12 years old when this happened. And he went to the funeral. And his quote and, was, Yogi took my picnic no, 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 no. basket. <laughs> but he his, – his quote was, they were orange mm. as if they had tanned. Yeah. Which is so strange. I mean 
I don't know how freezing a body works. That's my whole That's thing. That's true, like, too. I don't know. I, let me explain. Let me yeah, take you through please, the process please. of freezing a body, <laughs> especially one that's getting all wriggly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have some quotes here from some people, actually. There was one guy who was one of the first investigators on the scene, and he is quoted as saying, dude, that shit's fucked up. Okay, <laughs> I don't have that written down. But – I can ima- I can only imagine what it must have been like for oh. the people that found these bodies. There was one of the pictures in the documentary of one of the bodies, and it was probably her, the one that was in the river, because mm. they had turned her over and her eyes were just sockets. Just gone. Which is just fucking creepy. Scary. It's just creepy. Because a lot of the the rest of them were in pretty good condition. Right. Like you, their faces were still intact. Right. They were frozen. Right. I think it was because she was laying in the stream. Probably. Probably. I mean, do we know, were there were there fish in that stream? Was it something that could have eaten parts of her? Oh, uh, we don't know that, but we do know that there are animals in the area. Absolutely. However, no animal tracks. Right. And also, that's strange. I, I would assume if it's something like a bear, <laughs> let's just say, they're not going to just eat the tongue. Yeah, it's just like, mmm, a little delicacy for me today. <laughs> yeah. Like, ooh. I I dare, hey, Bear, I dare you to kiss that body. <laughs> or, ooh, you, you suck, guys. I've been feeling a little a little hefty lately. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't eat I just, the whole body. I'll just have the tongue. I'll just have the I'll tongue. Have the I'll tongue. just treat myself to It's the a tongue. delicacy. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, those are the weird things that all lead to the more fantastical theories. Mm-hmm. And, yes, there were people that claimed to see things in the sky. Mm-hmm. I believe in extraterrestrials. Do I believe that extraterrestrials have, A, ever been to this planet, and B, landed here so they could fuck up some campers? Nine campers in (laughs) Russia. I'm not so sure. I have heard people as well try and point to paranormal activity. Mm -hmm. is something that Jason and I discussed when we did our episode uh, this season with each other is is people sort of need – whenever there's a mystery – the human condition is to want to solve that mystery. However, once the mystery is solved, it's kind of disappointing because it's done. You yeah. no longer have that that investigative investigative process. Mm-hmm. I think people tend to go to the paranormal and to the more fantastical when they just don't want the mystery to end. Because if I say, here's everything that happened to these people on paper, you kind of go, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But if it is something like ghosts or aliens, then that just opens up a bigger mystery that you can continue to investigate that you'll never get the answer to. So I think that's why psychologically a lot of times people automatically go to those big, weird uh, occurrences. Yeah. Um, But do I believe it? No. no. There's not a piece of me at any point during this entire season am I going to go, I bet those were aliens. Or ghosts. ghosts. Yeah. (laughs) And what would a ghost... Like, how is it paranormal? Mm-hmm. What, what does a ghost do to these people? If people have had poltergeists in their house and the yeah. worst thing that happened to them, quote unquote, poltergeist, is it being hit by a book or something. Yeah. What's a ghost in the yeah. mountains going to do to nine able-bodied people? Mm-hmm. So those – just get those out of the way. I've Some got people say, get out of the way oh, as yeah, well. Do it. Uh, the mank or the yeti. Oh, that's right. Now, uh, the the Russian yeti. Basically, is what yeah. this is, um, and I guess the uh, the proof that people have for this mm-hmm. is that would explain the the injuries that were like getting hit by a, a truck, like it's got sure. that, that wild animal kind of thing. Sure. Also, the broken sticks on the tree. Sure. They were at a height that looked like maybe an animal. If an animal would have rushed through mm-hmm. in one going one direction. Mm-hmm. It could have broken the twigs that way. Sure. But also, I could see it being plausible mm-hmm. that a bear attacked these guys and they climbed mm-hmm. the tree to get away from the bear. True. And then fell and injured mm-hmm. themselves. However, nothing I've seen mm-hmm. that investigators have talked about indicate they were eaten by yes. anything. No. And no animal prints. Right. There were absolutely no animal There would prints. have to be something. And they found the hiker's prints. Right. They found so, the hiker's prints. There would also have to be hair. Mm-hmm. Something. Something yes. indicating a creature of the wild attacked them. I agree. And so it doesn't sound even like they ever said that that woman had her face eaten off. They mm-hmm. just don't know what did happen. What happened, yes. And there's one more that I want to get out of the way. Yes. That's a little please. bit more plausible. Sure. Uh, there is a native population. Mm-hmm. I've in, heard about this one, yeah. Yeah. The the Monsi. Yes. Um, there was a, right away because of uh, native mm-hmm. 
racism, honestly, mm-hmm. of the of the small town nearby, sure. of these northerners, these like kind of Game of Thrones wildlings mm-hmm. is kind of what the, for those of you who watch it. Um, I don't, but yes. I just nodded as if I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> were they White Walkers? No, no, they were. They're, they're just you know indigenous to that area. Did they have dragons? No, they didn't have dragons. Okay. But the problem there mm-hmm. over the last even thirty or forty years, mm-hmm. it had been peaceful, right? No problems, right? With the Monsi, so maybe they feel guilty. Well, we really shouldn't have ripped that woman's tongue out. I feel bad, guys. Well, well yeah, and then <laughs> they were. There's no way a human being could strike these people right with the force, right? So uh, calling it a mon- a Monty attack is kind of weird, and a lot of people aren't. I, I don't buy it because it's it just seems like racism to me, like just just old school racism. And right, fear monster. These savages just came yeah, down exactly. into the mountains and decided to just to you know disembowel these poor white people. Yeah, sure, I I totally get that. Yeah. Now, hey guys, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And if you're enjoying listening to the Lucky Ten Thousand, then come on over to a podcast where nobody's ever getting lucky ever. Here on the Lucky Ten Thousand, you're here to learn. But with the bearded ones, we're here to make you laugh. And and maybe you'll learn something while you're laughing. Yeah, learn something like about Batman. <laughs> I mean, for we were on a stint of Matlock for a while. I, it was funny to me. Not the, hey, I mean, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you sell it. Come anything. on over and listen to the Beard One podcast, I guess. I yeah, mean, I, I like it. I'd be a shit salesman. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm buy this car. I mean, I drove it once. Yeah, probably, you probably wouldn't like yeah, it. You don't want to, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? Fuck this. Don't listen to Beard One. <laughs> Come on, check us out. Bearded One's comedy podcast on the Bearded Pods Network. I knew that. I didn't know that. Well, that's why we're here, listening to the Lucky 10,000. You learn something new with every episode. And while you're here at the Bearded Pods Network, you might want to come and give us some pod love. We're Teddy and the Bassman. We cover all sorts of subjects, speak with tons of interesting guests, and entertain you with a melange of vintage commercials and jingles, and a whole plethora of eclectic music. You might even learn something from us as well. It'll probably be about bondage, but... Teddy and the Baseman. The I think those are all of the most ridiculous outlandish theories. I, there are two that I think, at least two, mm-hmm. that I think lend themselves more credence, just basically from what I've researched. And mm-hmm. the first, me personally, I think the second most likely is uh, military testing. That's my first. Yeah. That's my number one most likely, I think. For me. I mean, the radioactivity, mm-hmm. the orange in the skin, you could absolutely see those being the result of chemicals mm-hmm. that the military didn't realize these guys were in the mountains mm-hmm. and they were using. And then one of the points of evidence of this that I read anyway, and, and mm-hmm. feel free to, yeah. to correct me. And by the way, if you're listening to this and we get something wrong. By all means, please email us, lucky10,000 at Gmail. We want to know the truth. We want to know the truth. (laughs) The truth is out there. But um, some people think that one of the reasons that the the effort to find these people took a while is because the military, quote unquote, was involved in some sort of cover up once they realized these people could have been victims accidentally of something they did. That, to me, is a little – has a little less credence to it because – People always want to give the military this great credit for being this clandestine organization. But if that's the case, we probably would never know about this to begin with. Yeah. People dying accidentally because of military exercises. Sure. I can absolutely believe that. Mm -hmm. The military being part of this massive cover up that somebody on YouTube is able to do a documentary about. That seems a lot less likely to me. The the one thing about it Uh for me is after all the reports went in. Mm hmm. They were sealed. These reports were sealed. Right. And then when they were finally released again, Mm -hmm. pages were missing. True. Now, I always, with that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. my skeptical mind always steps back for a second and goes, there's probably a logical reason for that. There was a military coup at the time. I didn't know that. Yes. Please do tell. Well, it's – there was – Russia and the Soviet Union Mm -hmm. has always been this kind of powder keg of – communism right. and things like that and right around this time there was a lot of that the, there was cold war stuff right over right. the horizon 
And it just, if something was going to fall under the radar, mm-hmm. maybe it's nine hikers dying. So you're suggesting that it may not have been it malicious. It wasn't purposefully left out. Yes. It was just this disorganized process, which to be fair, in researching just about every unsolved mystery, mm-hmm. disorganization mm-hmm. is always the thing that is consistent. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you go to Jack the Ripper, you go to the Zodiac Killer. Had people been a little bit more organized, these mysteries probably could have, not would have, but could have been solved. Yeah. And this could be one of those cases, too. Crucial evidence lost because if you're in the middle of a coup, you don't give a fuck about some hikers that died. Mm-hmm. It's not your problem. And I have another conspiracy theory on oh, this Please, one. go for it. I'm not sure I buy into this. We, we should means. address as many as we can. The guy I was talking about earlier, the 38-year-old. Uh-huh. Yes. Um... He was buried under the name Semyon Zulatoryev. Okay. However, that name wasn't on a lot of the documents. Hmm. And they're thinking Mm -hmm. that this was a guy who fought in the war. Okay. Maybe did some bad stuff. Okay. And was hiding out under a new assumed identity as this in his 20s, mm-hmm. going back to college, mm-hmm. trying to start a new life for himself. Now, that probably is all innocent and probably has nothing to and do with it. And what was this guy's name again? Semyon Zulaturaryov. Okay. I, <laughs> I just want to hear you attempt it. it. Yep. Um, and could it have been he had some secrets? Maybe. And they Taking everybody him. out was a way of handling him under the mm-hmm. radar because if it was just him it would have been suspicious yes i don't think i buy that i mean it sounds too movie of the week yes it sounds too manchurian candidate but it's fun to think about it is and it's not like that kind of stuff hasn't happened before yes. it's not like there haven't been weird assassinations that mm-hmm. we've never heard of i just attributed to this or that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of deaths, especially with with people in high power. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Romanovs, perfect example yeah. of this thing that's created all these conspiracy theories, one on top of another, yeah. that we'll never know the answer to. But it's not like it's outside the realm of possibility for any secret organization, CIA, FBI, mm-hmm. KGB, whatever, to employ techniques that – if they're halfway good at their job, mm-hmm. we'll never know yeah. it was them. And I think there is a certain validity to something like that. It just, to me, seems too messy. Yeah. The result of it is too- – if these people were that good at their job, they wouldn't leave the white hair evidence. They wouldn't leave the radioactive evidence. They wouldn't leave someone with orange skin. They would just make them disappear maybe. Yeah. Why would they leave their bodies splayed out in such a strange way mm-hmm. to draw suspicion to the whole thing? Yeah. And that's what me just going through this as logically as possible would go, if I wanted to do this, I would – at least make it so that their bodies were never found. Mm-hmm. You're up in the fucking mountains. Yeah. In all that wilderness with all those animals. It would make perfect sense if no one saw your body. Yep. And there were – that's where the other hikers come in. Yes. The other hikers nearby who saw the orange lights. Right. The way that I read uh, – the radioactivity, you know, mm-hmm. it could have been their testing of some new bomb that they were working on. Absolutely. But the – it's the wounds that are the biggest. Yes. Uh Proof. To now me. we're talking about the skull and, the, and yes. the chests and everything. Yeah. If a bomb that released some sort of shrapnel. Sure. Or combusted in such a way. Sure. I, I would venture to say that maybe the folks in the ravine died first. Oh, okay. oh that's interesting. Because um, in my head, gone, what, they, what, yeah. what I visualize mm-hmm. happening – Whatever the scenario is, the whole group attempts to leave the tent Mm -hmm. and the people in the ravine simply got the farthest and died last Mm -hmm. because everyone else just sort of gave up and didn't have the energy to continue. Mm -hmm. But now you're saying you could see a way that the people in the ravine died first. Yes. If the people in the ravine died first because of these explosions, Uh I think that sort of event Mm -hmm. mixed with a blizzard okay mixed with hunger Mm -hmm. mixed with fear mixed with hypothermia yeah with yeah 
after having been sent out wearing their friends' extra clothes mm-hmm. while the others stayed in the tent. Okay. To go and see if they could make it a little bit farther to sure. set up a new camp so they could just inch their way. Right. If then the sound of that attack or that mm-hmm. that explosion mm-hmm. caused the others to panic. Okay. And run for the woods. So basically what you're saying is the whole group is in the tent. Yes. The four that were found last go, hey, we're going to go out and see how far we can get. But we need as much warmth as possible. They go out there. Mm -hmm. They get blown up. And the remaining five. Hear this earth shattering explosion that was seen from miles away. Right. Was that an explosion, a huge explosion reported? No, they didn't hear anything. Okay. From what what I could read. Even if it was just the lights from something. Sure, sure. That's terrifying. Absolutely. And, you know, folklore being what mm-hmm. it is, mixed with hunger, mixed with all that, maybe you're thinking, like you said, your mind might go to right. a paranormal thing and you might think, I got to get to the woods. And also, depending on – because I think it's, mm-hmm. it was it was very difficult for them to establish the exact order of death because of, mm-hmm. of the cold and the yeah. bodies being frozen and everything mm-hmm. like that. But if I were the four that remained in the tent – or the five, excuse mm-hmm. me. And I knew that these four people had gone out and I'm waiting to hear back from them, waiting and waiting and waiting or waiting for somebody to come and get me. And it just doesn't happen. That last bit of survival is going to go, fuck it. We got to we got to give this a shot. Yeah. And obviously the people in their underwear are not going to make it nearly as far mm-hmm. as the other people who have more clothing. And there's a theory that that the tree is uh-huh. one of them tried to climb it. Yes. And climb it to see if they could see Anywhere okay. where they would have shelter. Okay. So it was a it was a tactical thing. Right. And maybe even see if they could see their friends. Yeah. Because they 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 lost them. They they might not have if if they didn't panic to right. get out of there after they heard the explosion. Maybe they didn't even hear it. Maybe right. they didn't see anything because it was a gas or something like right. that. And they fell down the ravine, and that's how the. You know, the injuries happen. It is one of the bigger mysteries to Mm -hmm. me why the groups are so staggered. Yes. You would think, usually, like, we go back to the people lived, died on Everest. Usually what happens is one person, for whatever reason, can't make it. Mm -hmm. They realize that. The rest of the group does everything they can. And at one point, the group goes, if we stay, we're going to die, too. Sorry, buddy. Good luck to you. And they continue on together. Yeah. It's this whole five people over here. Or four people over here, three people over here, two people over here that seems so strange. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they all seem to die in almost different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the people in the ravine could have died from hypothermia, starvation, whatever. And but the injuries yeah. and the injuries happened after. Yeah. But you have to assume, I assume anyway, that they died because of the blunt force trauma that they went through. I agree. And the other people died of hypothermia, starvation, mm-hmm. whatever. Now, people have mentioned an avalanche causing some of these things. When I first started doing my research, Mm -hmm. it doesn't solve everything, Mm -hmm. but it solves certain things. Um, In the event of an avalanche, I could see the group or at least part of the group being in a tent Mm -hmm. when the avalanche happened. And so that explains the ripping out of the tent Mm -hmm. from the inside because you can't just unzip the tent if you're being compounded by the snow. You panic, you rip it out, you get through the snow, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, There is a condition with a certain amount of hypothermia where your body feels hot. Paradoxical. Paradoxical. Yes. Yeah. So that would explain some people taking off their clothes. Um, To me, the climbing the tree Mm -hmm. makes sense because if if an avalanche is coming – Climb the tree to get out of its way. You get knocked off by the snow. The thing that it doesn't explain is the radioactivity, mm-hmm. orange skin, white hair. Did they all have orange skin and white hair? I think it was just one person. It wasn't might it? have been just one. I, I thought the orange was more than one. You might you might be right. Like an orange just. And again, please um, email us the yeah. correct answer if you know it. Um, but to me, just logically, the avalanche was the first thing that I went that. That just seems to make sense. However, there was no signs of avalanche. That and hurts people, my opinion. <laughs> and people the next year went back to kind of just see what's going mm-hmm. on. Like, see, and because of where they were on the mountain, it seems very unlikely that even if an avalanche happened, that the climate and that the direction that the snow would have fallen mm-hmm. would have affected them where they were. Wow. At that time of year. See, I didn't know all that. Yes. 
Um, That's tough. I mean, I still think it's it's one of the higher likelihoods mm -hmm. because everything just everything logistically makes sense. You know, why the groups are separated, Mm -hmm. too. You know, if you get swept up in an avalanche, it's like a tornado. It's not going to deposit you evenly altogether. It could also explain the injuries that people Mm -hmm. suffered if they were thrown into that ravine by an avalanche Mm -hmm. then. And maybe they were buried and they tried to. To, to dig their way out or they tried to start a camp underneath the snow yeah. to, to keep themselves warm. That all makes sense to me. But the fact, everything you just said mm-hmm. <laughs> makes it less likely, I'll admit it. Yeah. I'm not so married to the idea of an avalanche. Yeah. But then what's left? Military experiments. Or there is another theory. Oh, good. That I, I enjoy. Um, and it's probably my number two. Okay. There's a phenomena mm-hmm. known dun, 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 dun. phenomena, but uh, where there is a frequency, hmm. a sound, a humming. Okay. That people have heard uh, from different machinery. Uh, they've experienced it through in different areas. Uh-huh. It's been studied uh, that induces panic. It's a low hum. Interesting. That it's almost the brown note. Almost, yes, but for much scarier things. Yes, it's a brown note. Worst thing is you're gonna shit your pants. Yeah. With this, you go insane. You go insane. It, it induces panic. It causes you to to hyperventilate. It, it causes you to feel claustrophobic. Hence the ripping away of the tent. Maybe sure. Even the ripping off of the clothes. Absolutely. Um. Now, it's my number two, mm-hmm. because I think the, it doesn't explain the radioactivity. Right. And also, has that ever been tested? Like, the brown note's been mm-hmm. tested, and it's actually not real. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it has been tested, um, and th- it's been mentioned on TV shows mm-hmm. before. I remember reading somewhere that, that uh, like, even an episode of... Like CSI, mm-hmm. I think mentioned it. The things like that. It's just that's kind of terrifying. Yeah, that all it would take is a is a sound. It's a, it's an intense sound, and conditions have to be like perfect. Yeah, perfect. And what could have created it? The blizzard, the wind from the blizzard, okay. and the mountain pass, the okay. ravine that they were in, because and of you know, where they were. Being that they were lost, mm-hmm. being that they were probably already a little scared, mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't take much to push them over the edge. And in that scenario, I see UP. the first five. <laughs> I see the first five people dying first, okay. and they they were the ones that panicked. Mm-hmm. Or if everyone panicked, they made it to the woods, mm-hmm. and then on the way back to the tent, those three the the two died over by the mm-hmm. woods. The three died on the way back. The other four made it back to the tent, right. but found the tent in disrepair. Right, and they're like, "All right, we got to set out we on gotta our go own. With what we got in our backs." And they made it as far as the ravine and fell in. But that's the other thing that's sort of a mystery is why were there supplies left in the tent? Uh, Do you think they, they just they couldn't carry all of them? Maybe they didn't have the strength, sure. But Could if be. I knew that I had a long trek ahead of me, I would yes. assume I know nothing about survival. And they I would die if you locked me out of my in my backyard mm-hmm. for an hour. Yeah. But it just seems logical that if you were in a spot and you mm-hmm. knew you had a long way to walk, you would want to take as much with you as you could. Strictly for survival. Mm-hmm. I mean, water, you know, there's plenty of snow around, so you're not going to have mm-hmm. to worry about water, but food, yeah. warmth, something to start a fire. Yeah. And again, these people were not newbies. It's like, you know, that movie, uh, Into the Wild? Yes. I despise that guy <laughs> because he's such an idiot. Yeah. I totally believe that he just went up into the mountains. With no survival experience at all, and he was doomed from the start. I don't feel that sorry for him. I feel sorry for his loved ones. Yeah. But I don't feel sorry for a guy that doesn't know anything about survival deciding he wants to go out by himself in the Alaskan wilderness. Sorry. It's a stupid thing to do. But these people knew what they were doing. Yeah. And that's the biggest blank for me. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't seem like they were doing anything constructive when they died. Maybe yes. trying to start a fire, sure. But other than that, but it also doesn't seem like in a lot of instances, you would think anyway, where there's a group of people who are under all this kind of stress. And if they do snap, there didn't seem to be 
apart from the severe injuries of that last mm-hmm. four, they didn't seem to be fighting each other. They that didn't was, seem to be violent towards each mm-hmm. other. And that was a theory that was that I threw out immediately. Yeah. That, that there was a romantic fight. There were the two women there. They oh, had known each course. other for a long time. But uh, Yuri Yudin, the guy who, who uh-huh. said, said nothing about them being at each other's throats. He said nothing about the group. Other than maybe a little crush from somebody. Right. And there the, was no love triangles or anything right. like that. Also, no alcohol. Right. No drugs. Right. And the other thing, too, that we are too attuned to the way movies portray mm-hmm. life. I don't care if I'm on an expedition with someone that I've been head over heels in love with my whole life. Once it gets to the point where we might die, yeah. romance is out of the question. <laughs> I'm not going to start a fight in the mountains when we're already lost because yeah. it's not twilight. Yeah. These are real people. So it's it would be – romance would be hard for me to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that – that uh, uh, God, I had a point. But those pictures. Mm-hmm. The pictures – and obviously the pictures don't tell the whole story, yep. but the pictures of the group before the incident, whatever the incident was, mm-hmm. they really show a group of people who were very comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of pictures of them hugging, especially when that guy had to leave. They, were all, they all seemed very happy. There's a picture of all of them in the back of the truck as yes. they came to town. And they're all very excited to yeah. start the journey, it seems. Um, it also, feels like they were a unit that yes. really loved and respected each other. Mm-hmm. and. So that fight, I don't. I don't. That. I don't think so either. It doesn't um, make sense to me. Yeah, and especially if you you factor in insanity, mm-hmm. something makes you snap. You could do anything, mm-hmm. and, and and paranoia is absolutely natural and normal in that circumstance. So, yes. yeah, I could absolutely see people turning on each other, but there's no evidence of that. And there's because there's no evidence of that. Uh. I also don't think that they died too far apart from each right. other. Because from things like the Donner Party, mm-hmm. you get that, that survival instinct. Mm-hmm. You might have to eat your friend. Th- that's a good point. I was thinking that. There was no cannibalism. No. no signs of cannibalism. And yeah, if you know you're going to be – if you're in a party of nine people and one or two people die – and you think, okay, we're going to run out of food. I mean, I can't imagine having to make that decision. Mm-mm. But you would also think – and maybe maybe their amount of experience led them to believe they could traverse down back down the mountain. Maybe. But they didn't still know where they were. Correct. And they lost the one guy – Right. Who could. He – he the leader, uh, Dyatlov, uh-huh. died on his way back from the woods. Right. Um. So if the other four set out on their own. But this is also the guy that got them lost in the first place. (laughs) Due to complete whiteout. True. Uh, There was, they couldn't see their hand in front of their faces. Probably they were, you know, um, and the avalanche thing. That's where I also have a problem with the avalanche. Yeah. You know, you're poking a lot of holes in my avalanche here. The problem with the avalanche also for me is, uh, I believe it was Yuri Yudin who said that, and it was, I know it was Igor, and I know it. I believe it was Nikolai mm-hmm. who were very practiced skiers, mm. and there is no way the two of them would have set up camp, right? Looking up and seeing a possibility of an avalanche, right? They would know. They would know. They what, would recognize the signs before it happened. Yes. Okay, uh, that's a good point. And, um. You know, you can blame the 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 blizzard, mm-hmm. but even then, then they, I think they would go to the woods if they even right. thought that was the slightest possibility. And it is true. You know, when I've seen footage of avalanches, it's not like they just happen and then they disappear. You mm-hmm. can see the path of destruction. Mm-hmm. You can see where the snow had been packed before it fell. It's yes. it's 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 not as deep anymore. You could see the section that that, yeah. that yeah, if maybe it was an right. avalanche, that would have been a cut and dry case. Mm-hmm. They would have been able to say, "Yep." And they probably would have stayed buried. I mean, they were buried. Like the last four were mm-hmm. buried yes. when they were found. But that could have been the fact that they were in that ravine and just snowfall in general or whatever. Four months of snowfall because the other know? people weren't buried that deep. No, they were found pretty. Pretty easily. Well, and now there's another thing that I forgot to include earlier where we talk about some of the conspiracy theories about the military. Weren't mm-hmm. there things found at the site that they didn't take with them? 
I remember I something in the documentary but, mentioned yeah. a, a bag or a ski or something like that <laughs> that wasn't theirs. They didn't take it with them. Okay. So it is almost like someone else was there doing something and left something behind. Now, again, this goes back to if the military is that incompetent, mm-hmm. then they probably couldn't have pulled this off to begin with. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, just leave a ski. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe they found it. Maybe. Maybe it was found on the mountain. I, I guarantee you they're not the first people that have died on that mountain. Yes. The Death Mountain, as yeah, it was called. Yeah, it's called Death Mountain. By the Monsi people. I would imagine that it has a reputation. Yeah. You don't call, you know, you don't call a sunny hill with, with daisies <laughs> on it Death Mountain. Yeah. Where kids like to play, roll down the <laughs> hill and have picnics. Come on, hun. Let's make some sandwiches and go up to Death Mountain. <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense. No, no, you don't go to that mountain. But that's what is frustrating is in, in this with, again, with every unsolved mystery, there is a little nugget of information that probably means nothing. Mm-hmm. With Jack the Ripper, it was the leather apron. They found yep. a leather apron near one of the bodies, which meant people to assume that it was Jack's, which made people assume it was a butcher. Turns out. It was none of those things. It just happened to be there. Yeah. Um, and I think this could be one of those things where it's so tempting to go, ooh, that's a piece of evidence when it really could mean absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's why these things captivate our imagination so much because the honest to God truth is we'll probably never know nope. exactly what happened. And it's just a fascinating thing. And I thank you for bringing it to my attention because mm-hmm. when I was researching it, it's the perfect horror story. It's got it's, everything. It is terrifying. It's terrifying. Now, did you have anything else about it that you wanted to bring up? I think that's all. That's all of my notes that really that I really got. I think we got everything. Um. Yeah, I the no animal prints freaks me out because that's all I could think for the tongue. I thought maybe an animal. The tongue is the tongue. thing. When you first told me about it, you gave me a basic overview, mm-hmm. overview, and then you're going, "Okay, these people died." These, and I'm thinking, "Okay, well, that's, 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 yeah, that sucks." And then when you went, and her tongue was gone, Dubin just tongue. her. Yes, <laughs> that's when I went, "Okay, that's fucked up." Yeah, <laughs> something weird happened. Something, and they don't even know how. They don't even know if it was cut out Mm-mm. or ripped out because I'm sure she was in such a state of decomposition at this yeah. point. It's really difficult to tell. Yeah, but I. I think your tongue is one of the last things to decompose it because it's just to. this big, tough muscle. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's such a str- – that to me is the seed that starts all of the weirdness. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the orange skin and the white yeah. hair and the – you know, some stuff can be explained away. The people in their underwear, I think there's an easy explanation mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Everything else – there could be a hundred different things. And that casts a doubt on Absolutely. all of the easier Absolutely. things. And that's the explain. problem. And that's why certain mysteries, I think, persist is because every time you go down one avenue, mm-hmm. you can get to that one thing that instantly connects you to another avenue yeah. that also makes sense. Yeah. Because it would be easy to say, this is the one thing that happened to them and we know this for mm-hmm. sure. But then you hit that roadblock and you yeah. go... It could absolutely be something else. And this is just a fascinating, fascinating story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Carter. Yes. For our listening audience, if they wanted to get in touch with you, mm-hmm. what could they do? Uh, the listening audience can go to my Facebook, Carter okay. Allen on Facebook. I also have an Instagram, Carter One Allen, the number one. Excellent. Um, uh, come see a show with the Greenville Little Absolutely. You guys are now year. rehearsing Joseph the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yes. And yes. we're getting ready to tour Junie B. Jones is Not a Crook mm-hmm. to elementary schools in the South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia area. Mm-hmm. We will not be talking to them about Diatelov Pass. No, we will not. We will not bring it up to them at all. That in January of 1959 and February of 1959, a bunch of campers just died. Destroyed. And it probably happened. God, do you think it happened in one day that they all died? I don't know. That's just... I don't know. Because they did. they found them... Um, a little mm-hmm. under a month later. Right. At, since the last uh, diary entry mm-hmm. around the February 1st where they and got That's lost. the other crazy thing is we Diary have their diaries. stopped. That's so creepy. So it leads me to believe that it just happened in one day. It's probably Nazis because I'm pretty sure the <laughs> same thing happened to Anne Frank. Her diary just, just stops. stopped. Well, and yeah. the answer to that one was Nazis? Yeah. I'm just going to say the answer to this one is Nazis. is Nazis. We solved it. Yeah. Nazis, Nazi ghosts or Nazi Nazi zombies. Uh, Yeah. Hey, 
I don't know. Anyway, uh, well, I really appreciate this. This was a fascinating episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. Um, it's creepy and it's weird, but it is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I was actually watching the documentary with my daughter, and I turned the sound down because they were doing creepy music on top of it, too, <laughs> which just adds to the whole thing. Oh, yeah. But just the fact that the documentary I was watching was all images and no words, mm-hmm. she would look up from her computer every once in a while. Yeah. And just went. This is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the creepiest thing we're going to talk about this season because mm-hmm. we've got a lot of unsolved murders and things like that, but a whole group of people when, unexplained. When nine fit, healthy yes. young people can be destroyed in this way yes. with no no trace, right. honestly, of what really happened. It's terrifying. It makes you think it could happen to anybody. Absolutely. And it could. Believe me. I'm certainly never going to be climbing any mountains anytime soon. Yeah, me neither. But that's the thing. That's why you have to live a life where you just don't go outside. Yeah, no. It's don't way to go. Don't get physical activity. It's just going to end in your death. Oh, yeah. You're going to die. You and all your friends. (laughs) So thank you so much for bringing this to our attention, Carter. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. What you can do for us, the Lucky 10,000, is if you give us a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes, we'll read it on the air. And the best thing you can do for us really is word of mouth. If you like the show, if you know other people that like the show, tell them about us. Uh, uh, We are in the middle of our third season on Unsolved Mysteries. If you like this season, you know, next season could be more Unsolved Mysteries. Next season could be something different. I would love to hear your ideas. I have had a blast talking to so many different people about so many different things. I definitely want to keep this format going forward. And because, you know, the whole point of this podcast is to learn. And I learned a shit ton about something that a week ago I'd never heard of. And that was a gift from Carter and myself to you. Yes. Thank you, Carter. Thank you, Evan. And I hope you got lucky tonight. Thank you for being a part of the Lucky 10,000 with your host, Evan. Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k. And visit our podcast network site at beardedpodsnetwork.com. 